So, Seth Wickersham, I have uh, the most obvious and most important question for you just at the top here. Um, have you seen 80 for Brady yet? I have not seen it. I was not, you know, invited oh. to the premiere the other night. So, <laughs> it's tragic. It's tragic. I, somewhere Jane Fonda is very disappointed. Totally disappointed. That both of us have missed the story of a bunch of octogenarians who are going to, I guess, celebrate Tom Brady. Uh all of which is to say that it feels like 80 for Brady might also be an alternate title for this podcast because it feels like we've done 79 of them uh, about <laughs> Tom Brady retiring. I mean, it is literally Groundhog's Day today. It feels like we have been here before. And for those of us, those of you out there who are unfamiliar somehow, yes, Tom Brady announced again that he is retiring, but this time for good. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. I know the process uh, was a pretty big deal last time, so when I woke up this morning, I figured I'd just press record and let you guys know first. And so this goes back literally a year ago, I believe. He was 44 then, he's 45 now. He obviously unretired a little more than a month after that day a year ago. And I bring you on because you are the guy. You are the Brady guy. You are the guy who has covered his entire career, who literally wrote the book on Tom Brady and the Patriots. And so I just need to hear this from you, honestly. Is it actually for real this time? <laughs> I absolutely think it's for real. You just contrast it to a year ago. Um, I think those of us who, who are, you know, in the proximity of the inner circle had a sense that, you know, from December on that he was going to retire last year, even if the public at large thought that he was going to hang around for another year. This year, I think it was the opposite. I think that a lot of people thought that he was just going to keep going when, you know, the more you talk to people close to Brady, the more you got the sense that he was just exhausted and that this was the perfect time to call it a career. And look, Things have changed quite a bit in the past year for him, both yes. personally and professionally. And Quite a bit. Last year, he released a statement saying that he was walking away. He didn't use the word retire in the statement. And obviously, when he released his video today at the beach, um, that was one of the first words. And so, in my opinion, um, I think he's calling it a career and nobody will ever call it a career or call a career quite like he has. Yeah, gotta say... At this point, not quite sure I believe you yet, Seth, despite all of that. You mean, why is he retiring now at the young age of 45 years old <laughs> after plus decades in professional football? Um, the reason why I think it's now is because of personal reasons. I think it's just time. And I think that um, after his family sacrificing so much for him um, over the course of his career, I think that it's time for him to be there for his kids in a way that his dad was there for him. Okay, so I just want to acknowledge that you're probably thinking something very understandable right now to yourself. Pablo, I already know what this story is about. And I get it. Of course, hi, I really do. Uh, pliability, Deflategate, Strawberries, Crypto, all of the work he has done and had done. Um, 
America has been united, truly united in making fun of Tom Brady and his theoretical retirement for like more than a half decade now, at least. And so today, we want to go deeper, actually. We want to try and explain why the life, the, the story of the greatest football player of all time started off as one sort of movie, but now seems to be ending, finally, as another I'm Pablo Torre. It's Thursday, February 2nd, and this is ESPN Daily. Delicious meat, nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot. Taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is, not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So, Seth, I do want to give people a little bit of your career history here because it's essential to understanding your take on this, your perspective on this news and why it is for real and what you understand about his interior life. Because you covered Tom Brady back before anybody else that I know. You covered him pretty much as early as a person could. You covered him in his first year as a starter back in 2001. This is more than two decades ago now. You were just a cub reporter at that time for ESPN. Just remind us what that first meeting was like. Yeah, it was a dark night and I was in Foxborough, Massachusetts. It had snowed and uh, I was supposed to meet him in the parking lot of the old Foxborough Stadium, which for anybody who hasn't seen it was like a high school field. Mm. And I was hanging out in my car to keep warm when he came driving up and kind of waved from behind the wheel, obviously seeing the field very well, even <laughs> at age 24. <laughs> Comfortable in the elements. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, he was wearing like a gray sweatsuit with a backpack and the backpack was full of beer because he had lost a bet <laughs> in the Michigan-Michigan <laughs> State game. And um, at the time, we were both a year out of college. We were both kind of getting our career breaks at the same time. I'll never forget, he said, you know, football has always come kind of easy to me. And that's one of those things you thought about in the moment and you're like, oh yeah, everybody just says things like this. And it's one of those things you think yeah, about now. a little now. cocky. Yeah. When you think about it now, you're like, yeah, I guess it did. <laughs> he well, this, this is kind of, I'm just imagining like this, this bro in the yeah. sweatsuit, like case of beer on his back talking about how good he is at football. And you're like, why am I actually supposed to believe any of this? Right. You're going to be like back to the bench in two weeks when Drew Bledsoe is healthy. Yes. You're a sixth rounder, bro. <laughs> like chill. Look, you can say a lot of things about Tom Brady, but, but one of the things he has always had in abundance is this kind of self-belief that borders on a, a disconnect from reality. He had it in high school when 
He told a teacher that he was going to go to college to be a football player. Mm. He had it in college when he shows up on campus and he's seventh string and he says, I'm better than everybody in front of me. He had it the day he was called and his life was saved when the Patriots called him in the sixth round and he ends up telling Robert Kraft shortly thereafter that he's one of the best decisions that the franchise has ever made. (laughs) And he had it 10 years ago when it looked like he had plateaued at a high level, but plateaued nonetheless. And he's talking about playing until he's 45. And so he's always kind of said things like this, that at the moment you're saying to yourself, like, where is this guy's head? But with time brings the the clinical clarity <laughs> that he means this stuff to the bottom of his soul. No, time has brought a clarity, a verdict that that proves him right. And and but this is the thing, right? When you talk about whether or not you can believe Tom Brady's word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this brings us back to last year now. And he says, I'm done. Or at the very least, he does not use the word retire, but he says effectively that I am done playing football, which is, I guess, uh, a nuance that proved key. Why did he decide to come back? Yeah, it was a very strange time. Back in December, you just started to hear rumblings that he was so frustrated with the way that things were going in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians and just the team not being as buttoned up as he was used to in New England. I mean, the guy is the most fierce, ruthless competitor of his generation. And when he's on the field, he wants to win. They blow the game against the eventual Super Bowl champion, L.A. Rams, in the playoffs. And as he has said since then, he decided the day after that season that he was going to retire. And I think that he felt like later that he made it too fast and that he still Mm. had more games to play. But as you watched him this year and the wear of this season, and especially, yeah, I mean, there were some football struggles along the way, but especially the personal cost of, of... getting a divorce and having that divorce public. That's where I think you really started to see the wear on him that he was not coming back. Well, when you look at this past season, 2022, through the lens of somebody who now knows, thanks to time, that it would be his last. What is the moment in specific that you take your microscope to? What is the moment this past season of struggle of otherwise that proved to you that like this whole thing actually is going to be different this time. Well, there's a lot of them, but I will say this. In the spring, ESPN Plus aired its last episode of Man in the Arena, the docuseries we did with him. Mm -hmm. And in it, he broke down. And, you know, he doesn't cry publicly often. But when he does, it usually has to do with his mom and his dad. And this time he was talking about his father, Tom Sr., who's really his hero. And he started to tear up and he was not only tearing up because of his dad and the the place in his heart and his soul and his life that his dad means to him, but because of his own kids. And, And he's, he's crying as he says this, his eyes are wet. And he says, when I think about being a dad, when I think about being a dad, I think about him. I think about him because of what my dad meant to me. And I know I'm not as good a dad to my kids that my dad's been to me. And when he said that through tears, you could feel so much pain and and guilt 
and the cost of the success that he's tried to attain. And yeah. he felt it in such a real way. And I think that in, a, in, an, in an odd way, when I think about 2022, that year and this past season for Tom Brady, that's where I started to see clues that the cost of his success and his ambition, which I had written about at length, both for ESPN and in my book, mm -hmm. you got to see them in a real way. Well, it, it seemed like he was reckoning with the costs <laughs> in a way. And look, we've seen him before famously, very famously, like with his kids. It's not like we didn't know that Tom Brady was a dad, but what you're honing in on here is somebody who recognizes seemingly for the first time that the way he has gone about it has been extreme. He said it. Actually, he goes on. He's he's clearing his throat a little bit, but he does say, what I'd wish for my children is to find something they really love to do like I have, but I think I've taken it to an extreme. I think maybe what I'd wish for my children is to find something they really love to do like I have. But I think I've taken it to an extreme too, you know? There are imbalances in my life, and um, you know, I hope they don't take things as far as I've taken them. And again, these are just sort of like little things you look back on now and how different his life is now than it was a year ago. And to me, those things were very visceral and alive at that moment. And even more bluntly, it just seems like he is miserable, at least in, in this moment of reflection. Yeah. He says, there's a torment upon me that I don't wish upon them. Think about that. And so if the skeleton key to this story is... is not just parenthood, but his relationship to his parents. You mentioned that his mom and his dad have been sort of the um, most likely uh, triggers for his tears previously. I do want to understand their specific dynamic. What does Tom Brady's mom and Tom Brady's dad really do signify to him? Well, he's a divorced dad now, but his parents' marriage was really built on a spark that's never waned. And it's been a template for him. And in my opinion, their love has proved to be the most consistent aspect of their only son's career, aside from his dominance. I mean, mm. Tom Brady Sr. in San Francisco was selling insurance and he was knocking door to door. And he knocked on the door of a flight attendant named Galen Johnson. And he intended to sell her insurance, but she invited him in and they ended up not talking about insurance at all. He asked her out for a date the following Friday. Six months later, they're married. <laughs> Tom Brady Sr., also good in the clutch. Good yeah. in the clutch, yes. And um, his parents didn't just make their marriage their centerpiece of their life. They made their kids the centerpiece of their life. And they weren't just being fantastic parents for their kids and providing them with every opportunity they possibly could. And Tom has talked about this. They were role models for him. And this was his idea of what families do for one another and how parents should be there for their kids and how his dad would come home from work and no matter how tired he was, would go shoot hoops with Tommy, go to the batting cages, go through the football, take him places. In a lot of ways, his parents weren't just his parents, they were his best friends. And there was an intimacy to their life that I think that Tom knows that he wouldn't have been able to get to where he is now had he not had. Right. And so here is this model for what he still considers, has always considered, the meaning of life in the non-competitive sense, right? We know sort of with clarity what his vision of his athletic destiny has always been. But in terms of the interior life of Tom Brady, this is the vision that he's always had. And the one that you're saying, he knows he fell short of. 
And so this is the backdrop to 2022. This is the backdrop to a start that goes less than smoothly, right? I mean, he misses mm-hmm. 11 days of training camp. This is how this last season started. And he chalked it up. Um, and I appreciate the bluntness here too, to being 45 and having a lot of shit going on. I can relate. We all have really unique challenges to our life. And, uh, you know, we're, I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on, so... You know, you just got to try to figure out life the best you can. But then after week one, we get this piece in L. And in it, Giselle Bündchen, his wife, noted supermodel, says something that is also jarringly honest. What did she say? You know, when he was gone for those 11 days, I got a call from someone who's in his orbit. And he started to make clear that there were some marital problems. And I just, I had a hard time believing it. And maybe... Because you look at Tom Brady's Instagram and it's nothing but warm pictures of everybody in each other's arms. And oh, yeah, they're very tanned and they're very well hydrated. And they just look like a family that tries to make the most of their time all together before he kind of goes away for six months each year. But there's always a gap. And she tells Elle, I've done my part. And when those words came out, and it was right after the opening weekend of the NFL season. I mean, that was a declaration. That was no longer in the marital language of shared sacrifice. No. Those words were spoken in past tense, and they were signaling the end of something. I have done my part is declarative. And also, like, um, seemingly uh, feeling justified as to whatever was going to happen next. When they first met, I mean, she was at the peak of her career and he was at the peak of his career, 2007. And as his career kept going, she retired. She moved to Boston. She raised the family. And Boston is a great city, but it's a hard place for a global superstar. It's a it's mm-hmm. one of those big, small cities. Yeah. She can't hide like she does in LA, Miami, New York. And... She sacrificed for him in a real way. And I think that what her words made clear is that she was done sacrificing. Right. And so look, (laughs) we get to another moment that you write about, which is right after Tom had won the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. And on the field, Giselle Bündchen asks Tom Brady, her husband, the question that I think a lot of us have been asking for a long time, which was, what more do you have to prove And that question, I mean, Giselle really does get to the heart of a lot of this in terms of just the phrasing of what the stakes are here. Take us inside Tom's head at that point. He was on the field after the Bucs had beaten the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. She says that to him. And he let her says he he changed the subject. Like, that wasn't a question that he wanted to answer. Now, Now, why is that? It's because he had more to prove with kind of this strange caveat that's exclusive to the people who are so passionate about what they do, it's that, like, he had more to prove, but, like, it didn't really matter what he proved. He just wanted to keep (laughs) going. He just wanted to keep doing what he loved. He wanted to live his dream. He wanted to just keep sacrificing for his career. This is somebody who's lived his entire adult life with his life, with the curve going up right? There's always something new to attain. And everybody who reaches the top of a mountain knows that it's way more fun to 
climb to the top of the mountain than to try to stay there. And he just kept finding things <laughs> so that he could keep climbing and climbing and climbing. And no matter how efficient he had become in his life, there are a, there's a limit to that. Even for the people whose lives are seemingly unlimited, there eventually are limits. And I remember, um, I remember when his daughter Vivian was born, she was an infant and we were talking and Brady was talking about how there was no off switch for him ever. And he was talking about the season had ended, had just ended and he would spring out of bed in the morning, hop into the shower, practice the throwing technique in the mirror. He was just so jacked to go hit the off season and work on training and work on skills and improve in ways that are invisible to us mortal people. And Giselle would say, hey, can you help me out here? <laughs> and he would kind of, he, he'd realize then that he was like in trouble before the day even started. And he would think to himself like, what did I do? And she would always say, is this, is today a family day or is it a Tommy day? And, you know, at the time he was laughing yes. and it was easy to laugh along, but you do realize that time is an equalizer. It is, there's only so much of it each day. And each time he was spending trying to per perfect his craft to a level that nobody had ever seen before. He wasn't doing other things, no matter how much he was trying to balance both. And as we've learned, Tommy days became Tommy decades. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, it, like with any uh, good joke, right? There's a real kernel of truth in there that's not a joke at all. Absolutely. And he had been so driven, especially as a young man, he comes out of the gate and they win Super Bowls right away. And I mean, he's got his eye on being the greatest ever and being the type of, of icon that when you think about quarterbacks, you only think about him. Mm -hmm. The type of icon he became. But like back in 2004, he privately said once that he had determined what had caused a lot of quarterbacks to start to slide into their 30s. It, it wasn't just age. It was because... They were married. It was because they had kids. It was because time and energy <laughs> was required to These things. fools. Yes. These fools having kids, procreating, marrying. Time, time and energy was required for things that weren't throwing a football and becoming a better quarterback. And he promised that would not be him. Now, of course, he ended up having three kids by the age of 35. And he really thought that he had found a way to balance it all. And maybe for a long time, he did. I mean, he became so efficient in his training, in his thinking, in his preparation, in his parenting, and in his husbanding, that it seemed to work um, for a long time. And, and once we were at his house in his living room, and we were talking about this, and he was like, at a time when I feel like I see professional athletes getting worse physically, I feel like I can still get better. I can still be quicker. I can be faster. I can improve. And he said, I'm so much more efficient in other aspects of my life with my rest. And I said, well, how so? You know, because kids can force you to be more efficient, but, you know, kids Absolutely. also require a lot of time. And he goes, uh -huh. yeah, they do, no question. And that's a big, that's big time. That's a big part of your life that gets committed to them. But hopefully in my profession, you learn more as you go. And he learned maybe too well. And this is part of why Tom Brady has been a figure of fascination beyond any of the stuff that he is actually going to the Hall of Fame for. It's because he's almost a study in human psychology. And so what do you make of the decision to finally, finally, for real, yeah, just stop playing? 
Tom Brady's one of those guys that a lot of fans have a hard time feeling sorry for. Absolutely. In a really weird way, this season, I think that more people saw a humanity in him than maybe they had ever seen before. You're talking about someone who his life was falling apart in front of our eyes. Didn't seem like he was doing well, Seth. No, we were watching him on Sundays struggling to make throws that he used to make in his sleep. It wasn't that like he looked older. It was that like things just were not clicking. And then for a while there in September, I mean, it seemed like every day in some gossip column, his camp and Giselle's camp were leaking against each other, engaging in that uniquely American spectacle of divorces playing out in public. <laughs> and he just took a toll on him. And remember, they play the Baltimore Ravens. They lose that game at his locker. He's by himself, staring at the ground, alone with his thoughts, alone with his decisions. And a day after that, he and Giselle announced their divorce. And I think that he always says that football is not like a movie, right? You don't get to do a second take. You get to see people and their raw emotions and see, see them to their core in a very real way. And I think that this year, his final year, we saw it to Tom Brady's core in a way that we had never really seen before. But it is funny that Tom Brady would be the guy to say that. I mean, not just because there's a literal movie about him out this weekend, but we just joked about, but because his entire life felt like a scripted series of some sort. And only now does it feel kind of like, oh wait, there's, there's darkness in what seems to be a documentary. Yeah, I mean, remember when he started his TB12 business, he called it a lifestyle guide. <laughs> he was telling you how to eat, how to sleep, how to stretch, how much water to drink, which turned out there was a lot of water. How to be more, and this was his word, pliable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and it did turn out there that there was another side to his life. But despite everything this year, we still saw glimpses of the Tom Brady that we know, the guy who can be heroic at any time, who answers to nobody but himself and can flat out slay opponents in the amount of time that nobody thinks is even conceivable. Remember, he beat the Rams in the final seconds. Yeah. He beat the Saints on Monday Night Football with three seconds left. Rallies the Bucks from 10 down against the Carolina Panthers to send them into the playoffs. He always said, when I suck, I'll retire. I'm not sure he ever sucked, actually. <laughs> and I think that, like, one of the most interesting things is that his body outlasted his will. You yeah. would never think that that would be the case ever per, for a professional athlete, especially in a collision sport. But it was absolutely true with him. After the break, the rest of Tom Brady's life. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom, Añejo Tequila came in with the smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. 
every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Shopping for Father's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Father's Day. Whether you're shopping for your brother's first Father's Day or your Renaissance man grandpa, whose interests, of course, are all over the map, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and over. You can also sort by category, like cologne, watches, and more, or gift lists for items like, I don't know, your grill master or golfer in your life. You can also get top tech. From Beats headphones to JBL portable speakers. Or if you're looking for top brands, you'll find gifts from Calvin Klein, Polo Ralph Lauren, and Columbia. So what are you waiting for? Father's Day is June 16th and we'll be here before you know it. Macy's offers the ultimate gift guide to making selecting something special for dad incredibly easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. The other funny part about this story, Seth, uh, is that he's not going into hiding or anything close to it. It's not like he's receding into the background. The sunset, if he's riding into it, is going to be uh, on our televisions, right? Because what is Tom Brady going to be doing from here? What's his portfolio going to look like? Yeah, the weird thing is, like, except for Bucks fans, like, nobody will have a chance to really miss him. <laughs> like he's going to broadcast, he signed a 10-year contract to broadcast games for Fox. He's also going to be an ambassador for Fox, whatever that is. But I think that that means being Tom Brady and and having leverage in whatever room you enter. Um, he's got his TB12 lifestyle business. He's got his podcast. He's got his production company. But what about the crypto stuff? Because he was also a protagonist in the Sam Bankman-Fried FTX scandal, right? Like he and Giselle were both uh, endorsers of a very now infamous uh, financial scandal. Yeah. Let's just say that I think that like the prop bets about whether he's going to change his Twitter avatar back to having his eyes lit up are probably not taking off right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's ongoing litigation, Eyeballs definitely unphotoshopped. A mess that is going to get messier, undoubtedly. But okay, the, the broadcasting thing, though. I mean, this is where he's entering our world now, Seth. This is our home turf. What do you expect from him, from Tom Brady as guy behind a microphone for the first time? I think it's going to be an adjustment, but I think that he'll be good at it once the games start because I think that you know, one of the things that I just love about um, the Manning cast is that Peyton and Eli see the game through the quarterback's eyes, no matter what stage the quarterback is in, right? Like he, they see it through a Hall of Famer's eyes, through a rookie making his first start, mm -hmm. through a journeyman. They kind of just know what that person is going through. And I think that Tom Brady, when he gets comfortable, will be able to add his insight in a similar type of way. But what if he's not good? <laughs> like, what if, what if Tom Brady... And by the way, I say this not as a person who is... Um, presuming this, but as a person who knows that it can be difficult to start this sort of public performance and that there can be struggles in that too. What, how do you think he would deal with it if he's not the greatest broadcaster of all time in the way that he has been in so many other areas? Yeah, it's one of the hardest things for, I think, true great athletes retire is the moment you do it, you're not great at anything anymore. 
you're not the greatest at anything anymore. Everybody has been saying, oh, Tom Brady's in denial. He doesn't want to, you know, he can't imagine life without football. It's actually that he's not in denial at all. He's actually steeped in reality because why would he want to face that if he couldn't? You know, Steve Young has called it a death. Mm. And I don't think it's like, I don't think he's being too dramatic with that. I think that it feels that way because no. the moment you're not a football player, you're not the greatest at anything anymore. And you're like, wait a minute, I, I want to go back. <laughs> I want to go back to being the greatest <laughs> at something again. That was fun. I think that if Tom Brady gets into broadcasting and he realizes that it's not as fulfilling, it look, he knows it's not going to be as fulfilling as football. But if it's not as fulfilling as other things, I don't think he'll hesitate to walk away from it. I think that one of the most interesting things for him is he's going to go to the booth as someone who could do that job down on the field at an incredibly high level. Usually when these guys go to the booth, it's because you know their bodies just won't let them play this game anymore. Whereas like he could go down to the field and on any given Sunday be the very best quarterback in the NFL. That I think is going to be really interesting for him. Yeah, he's going into the booth as someone who we still... I think, don't totally believe is going to stay up there. But there is still some, like, football ceremony to get to because, you know, he is the most obvious first ballot Hall of Famer you can imagine. Uh, but what is his relationship like with the Patriots? His other ex, which looms over this entire story. What do you think this is going to be like when, yes, he's commemorated for all time? I think that he's on good terms with them and he knows that it's such a huge part of his life and his career that fans will always think of him as a patriot. But, you know, he, again, he's someone that's like, I don't think that he's ever bought into the narratives that we presume that he thinks, right? I think that there's a lot of athletes who do. Like, it turns out that, like, the things that we might say on TV, the things that we might imagine them thinking when we're putting ourselves in their shoes are actually much closer to reality than even sometimes the athlete wants to admit. I think with Brady, it's quite different. Mm -hmm. I think that he's going to be so proud of his Bucks years. And um, while the public at large will always think of Tom Brady as a Patriot the way that you think of Joe Montana as a San Francisco 49er, Joe Montana is really proud of his time with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, remember, he got that team to an AFC championship game. I think Tom Brady's going to be very proud of what he did as a Tampa Bay Buck. And, you know, he's going to be a resident of Florida going forward, I think. And that's where his kids are probably going to go to school. His ex-wife has a house near his. And I think that, um, you know, that state and, and what he did in Florida is going to be a big part of his life going forward. Yeah, so, okay, as this Florida man retires, I like that yeah. as an alternate headline, by the way. This Florida <laughs> man retires. Uh, as he does this, as you have seen him from the start, what is the story here? What is the story that you've covered forever that is now finally seemingly over? It, it's different than it was a year ago. I mean, last year, I was thinking about that first meeting again when we were walking through the parking lot at the end and he saw the unfinished Gillette Stadium and he said, man, that's gorgeous. I hope I get to play in it one day. When I think about him now, I just think about when he was walking off that field. He was walking off the field having lost to the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs. He tips his hat to the crowd and he breaks into this grin. Now, anyone who's ever watched Tom Brady play football knows that he does not grin very often after a loss. <laughs> and he that's not thats not a show. I mean, the, the little boy who's used to have to be disciplined by his father on the golf course for throwing his clubs after a bad shot is still in there. That rage is still in there. But he broke out into a grin. Why? Because he saw his parents. 
they were waiting for him at the side of the field and he walked over and he, and he kissed his dad and the Brady's are a family of kissers. <laughs> and I've seen many times in the locker room after games where he walks up to his dad and gives him a kiss. And I thought of just how beautifully circular this, this was, even if, you know, it didn't always go according to script. I mean, he entered the lexicon as a young man who was single and who talked about the importance of his parents and how they, they were a foundation in his life. And he was exiting as an older man who was single, who had a family of his own, who realized that it was his kid's time now. It's time for him to be the type of dad that his dad was to him. And no, it wasn't always pretty at times. And we saw him go through a lot of pain. But, you know, that image of him walking off the field is the thing that's going to linger with me. I think it's just time. Seth Wickersham, I would tell you that it is, uh, it's been good to cover this saga from start to finish, but I don't want to jinx it just yet. Yeah, I'll see you in a month. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. And I'll talk to you tomorrow.